0: While our audience members are generally well aware of the fraud of germ theory and alleged pandemics, there are nevertheless historical incidents of mass deaths that are not easily explainable. Everyone is taught that deadly and contagious germs were responsible, and one of the most frequently requested questions we've had concerns the Black Death in the mid-1300s. This was said to be a bubonic plague that wiped out half of Europe's population with the bacterium Yersinia pestis alleged to be the cause. However, the microbe remains alive and well in the world today and yet none of us seem to be getting plague. This is just one of the many inconsistencies of the black death germ dogma. It is a story that has been sustained for generations and the belief in it impacts significantly on how people view health and disease today. In this video, I'll show you why the mainstream explanations can't possibly be true as we bring down one of the germ theorists' favorite myths.
1: In October of 1347, 12 ships dropped anchor at a Sicilian port. Those who eagerly approached were met with a grisly sight. Almost all aboard were either dead or barely alive, their skin erupting with blackened boils that dripped pus and blood. In horror, the Sicilian authorities demanded that the ships set sail, but though they left, the damage had already been done. The Black Death was now in Europe. Those struck by the black death would begin to swell at the lymph nodes located in their groin area or underarm regions. The growths would soon develop into large blackish-blue egg-sized lumps, or for the even less fortunate, expand to the size of apples. These would then fester and ooze various bodily fluids. Beyond this, those with the disease could develop any combination of a series of additional symptoms. These included fever, pain, chills, sweating, upset stomach, and diarrhea. Almost always, this was followed by death. According to those who observed its effects firsthand, all it appeared to take was a brief physical contact with the clothing of someone who was sick to pass the disease onto another.
0: That video was posted in 2019 and is heading towards 8 million views on YouTube. Unfortunately, the deadly germ and contagion tales are not only popular clickbait, but also promoted by the mainstream. The symptoms of what is referred to as plague are not as clear-cut as what most people have been led to believe, with a Cochrane Collaboration review in 2020 stating that a clinical diagnosis of plague is difficult and not reliable. That leaves reliance on testing such as cultures and the PCR. However, instead of dissecting the problems with these again, we can point out an obvious prima facie problem, how is it claimed that millions of people died from one specific contagious disease seven centuries ago when it is simultaneously claimed that it is difficult to diagnose we have relatively little information available from the thirteen hundreds and there were no tests back then according to wikipedia the black death also known as the pestilence the great mortality or the plague was a bubonic plague pandemic occurring in Western Eurasia and North Africa from 1346 to 1353. It is the most fatal pandemic recorded in human history, causing the deaths of approximately 40 to 60 percent of Europe's population, an estimated 25 to 50 million people, peaking in Europe from 1347 to 1351. Before we get into the scientific evidence, we should point out that the number of deaths in alleged pandemics are often wild guesstimations amongst those that believe in contagious diseases. Wikipedia's page, List of Epidemics and Pandemics, provides no sound evidence concerning how these numbers were calculated. For example, observe how they are comically nudging COVID-19 into a top five spot. But the citation is citation needed. There is also a link to the ridiculous world site, which became one of the most visited websites in the world in 2020, when it began collating the pointless numbers generated by the PCR testing pandemic. As most of you will know, all of the COVID cases were essentially meaningless due to the circular case definition that was based upon molecular detection assays, such as the PCR and rapid antigen tests. Leaving that aside, look at the graph. They said there was a raging pandemic in 2020 when the world was locked down, but not much is happening on that part of the chart. Move along to 2022, and the quote pandemic really gets going. So I guess that means two weeks to flatten the curve didn't work out for them. It is so preposterous that even more mainstream people are now realizing that there was no pandemic at all, as we pointed out to them in 2020. Interestingly, some who are considered, quote, health freedom leaders, have recently decided to double down on the virus model, seemingly oblivious to the fact that virology has been dismantled six ways from Sunday, particularly in the last four years. Anyway, that was a little segue to give you an idea of how so-called case numbers can be created out of thin air through dubious case definitions. Likewise, the number of deaths attributed to purported pandemics are just as problematic. We just witnessed in our own lifetimes the reclassification of a multitude of pre-existing causes of death, including old age into the invented disease COVID-19. When it is alleged that millions of people died of something 700 years ago, the problems multiply. The death estimates always tend to vary wildly, and given our knowledge of how the establishment presents history, one can only conclude that whatever deaths took place, their favoured numbers are inflated. While the entire history of the Black Death could be fraud, it doesn't need to be in order to blow apart the scientific claims behind the alleged causated bacterium and its related considerations. Additionally, researchers such as David Parker and Dawn Lester, who authored What Really Makes You Ill, discovered that while there are signs that mass deaths took place, the mainstream account of rats spreading the plague doesn't stack up. Instead, there is evidence that a massive environmental event took place in Europe in the mid-1300s. In their book, they wrote, Contemporary writers were sufficiently observant to be aware of, and write about, masses of dead fish, animals, and other things along the seashore, as well as trees covered in dust. They would therefore also have been sufficiently observant to have noticed, and specifically written about, Masses of dead rats, or even gerbils, had there been any to observe. Such reports are conspicuous by their absence, a situation that supports the archaeological findings. It is clear, therefore, that something must have occurred to have caused such a severe corruption of the atmosphere over a large portion of the world. One interesting and undisputed fact is that a major earthquake erupted in Europe on the 25th of January, 1348. Whatever happened, we can focus our attention on the scientific claims of the medical establishment in the present era. The World Health Organization states that Plague is an infectious disease caused by the bacteria Yersinia pestis, a zoonotic bacteria usually found in small animals and their fleas. It is transmitted between animals and humans by the bite of infected fleas, direct contact, inhalation and really ingestion of infected materials. Plague can be a very severe disease in people with a case fatality ratio of 30 to 60% if left untreated. As we typically find, there are no references to back up such claims. Wikipedia also states that, without treatment, plague results in the death of 30 to 90% of those infected. There are two citations, but one goes straight back to the unreferenced WHO page. The second goes to a review article published in The Lancet in 2007. This article cites two sources for the claim that untreated bubonic plague has a mortality rate of 50 to 90%. One is a textbook, so that is not an original source. The second is a paper published in 1948 with the title Primary Pneumonic Plague in muckden 1946 and report of 39 cases with three recoveries. However, this was only a case series, not a scientifically controlled study, so their report that treatment with sulfadiazine was effective in three of five cases should not be cited as scientific evidence. In fact, it's completely misleading, and yet is being used by so-called authoritative sources to maintain the deadly plague can be treated with pharmaceuticals narrative. This is the kind of, quote, evidence that props up antibiotic mythology claiming that they are life-saving medications for various diseases without controlled studies. You can see my video, The Truth About Antibiotics, where we exposed the generally unfounded claims behind antibiotics and why they are another shaky pillar being used to prop up germ theory. So on to the main scientific consideration. That being the Black Death and Plague, more generally, is a contagious disease caused by the bacterium Yersinia pestis. Even the mainstream has struggled to come up with a single narrative here. But Wikipedia states that the predominant modern theory has it that, due to climate change in Asia, rodents began to flee the dried-out grasslands to more populated areas, spreading the disease. How dare you! Firstly, there is the glaring fact that Eusinia pestis and rats are ubiquitous in the present era. Even in today's cities, including those that are considered clean, There are rats everywhere. The increasing human density and associated abundance of food and shelter means that rodent populations have exploded. Agricultural areas have also attracted huge numbers of rodents, particularly where human and animal food is harvested and stored. Their numbers in many developed countries today are at all-time records, but the number of cases of plague are typically zero. ZERO! However, not all of the quote accepted theories have rats as the transmitters of the plague. Because of the inconsistencies with the rat theory, British archaeologist Barney Sloan came up with another theory. In his book, The Black Death in London, published in 2011, Sloan replaced the rat transmission tale with human to human transmission.
1: Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in.
0: Wikipedia claims that This theory is supported by research in 2018, which suggested transmission was more likely by body lice and fleas. Stop the press! Does this mean they performed experiments that showed the transmission of the plague? The paper is Human Ectoparasites and the Spread of Plague in Europe During the Second Pandemic, brought to you with funding from the European Research Council and reviewed by Imperial College London and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention.
2: Yeah! The Dream team.
0: The paper states that the transmission from body lice and human fleas to humans has not yet been documented, and thus the importance of the human ectoparasite transmission in current and historic settings remains an open question. And then we get to the punchline for the joke in the next sentence, which says... Our theoretical analysis demonstrates that human ectoparasites may indeed play such a role. Hmm. Theoretical. There's nothing like testing a hypothesis with a hypothetical model. The methodology they employed was a mathematical modeling exercise with made-up transmission rates. And then mapping this to some recorded historical death rates. It doesn't matter how they tweak their models and software programs because there is no real-world evidence of the transmission they are supposedly modeling. At this point, the whole infectious plague narrative is already in tatters. They are attempting to model their way out of the rat transmission claims because the rat story fails even within the germ theory paradigm. Which leaves the embarrassing problem of the mainstream claims surrounding Knight of the Legion of Honor recipient and French physician, Paul Louis Simon. It is said that he discovered the role of the rat flea in the transmission of bubonic plague, and many sources continue to state this as a fact. We had a look at his original report via a 1996 translation, and it involved an uncontrolled experiment in karachi in eighteen ninety eight with wait for it one rat said to have the plague and another rat that died after it was placed in proximity with it notably Simone himself never came down with plague despite handling the rats It was said that his work was replicated by Gautier and Raybaud in 1903, but we have been unable to access this paper, which is currently held by the Wellcome Trust and not available online. We did find an image from their experimental technique, and it looks problematic, but cannot comment further without the paper. Additionally, the paper containing this image mentioned that Simon's contemporary scientists such as J.A. Thomson in Sydney and Virgibisky in Kronstadt tried and failed in their attempts to replicate his rat transmission method furthermore we still have the problem of how the rats are supposed to give humans the plague in nineteen o six three years after gautier and Raybaud's alleged successful rat and flea transmission experiments the aforementioned j ashburton thompson chief medical officer of new south wales reported that direct experimental proof of a satisfactory character that it is in the power of any species of flea to communicate plague is at present wanting he wrote this in on the epidemiology of plague in the journal of hygiene and his paper provides some reliable real-world information as it is from the australian experience of some plague cases in the early 1900s the observations blew apart the alleged highly contagious nature of plague It was reported that the first outbreak in Sydney consisted in 303 cases, and the requisite particulars were learned in 289 of them. Those 289 persons had lived in 276 dwellings. 266 of the dwellings had harbored but a single case apiece. With regard to the alleged transmission of disease via household articles, no such evidence was found either. At the end of an extensive investigation, Dr. Thompson concluded that, "...the evidence then, collected under the usual conditions of civilized life in 1900 and in 1902, suffice to show that neither direct nor indirect communication with the sick is a factor in the causation of epidemics, and this fundamentally important judgment has been fortified by all the experience of subsequent years." It carries with it the corollary that the infection spread in epidemic form by means which were a. external to man, and b. independent of his agency. Let's just pause for a second here. The Sydney plague experience, with arguably the most accurate information ever available, revealed that neither direct nor indirect communication with the sick is a factor in the causation of epidemics. Unfortunately, Dr. Thompson was unable to escape the germ theory paradigm, and with regard to these damning findings that refuted the contagion theories, he offered the excuse that, I think it will be conceded that nothing can coordinate them and reconcile the apparently contradictory features of some of them, except the assumption that the infection of plague exists in, and is disseminated with, the bodies of some species of lower animal which is free to wander however his findings over a century ago essentially destroyed in advance the modern human to human transmission narrative which involves getting rid of the rat hypothesis as vigorously as dr thompson was trying to shoehorn it in additionally any notion that in the thirteen hundreds the disease was coming from sick passengers on ships and jumping between people in the street can be seen as preposterous people could clearly live in the same room as a plague case and not get sick. So far in this video we haven't delved into the microbiology of the alleged pathogen, the bacterium Yersinia pestis. Essentially, it has not been required as there is no evidence to substantiate either the rat and flea vector hypothesis or the human-to-human transmission hypothesis. However, as an interesting side issue, some of the germ proponents ventured that it was a particular strain of Yersinia bacteria that became a human killer in the mid-1300s. They even tested this speculation.
2: For decades, experts have been unable to explain why bubonic plague spread so quickly. As an explanation for the Black Death in its own right, it simply isn't good enough. It cannot spread fast enough from one household to the next to cause the huge number of cases that we saw during the Black Death epidemics. In Madagascar today, bubonic plague is spread by rats. But the infection rate is nothing like as fast as in 1349. So scientists believed the Black Death was a mutation a highly infectious super strain of plague. One of the big questions is, was that organism different? Experts can now put the organism under the microscope. Because after seven centuries, bubonic plague and its DNA are still trapped in the victim's teeth. Don Walker extracts a sample for analysis. The best tooth to use is one of the larger ones. And this tooth will help to reveal the mysteries of the greatest epidemic that's befallen mankind. DNA is like a genetic barcode. Mutations in the code could have made the Black Death bacteria exceptionally lethal. But a comparison with modern plague from Madagascar brings a shocking revelation. Bubonic plague today is identical to the Black Death. It's still there. It's still the one that we used to have. It still has all the power and the threat that it used to have. And it's only a different set of circumstances that's keeping it in its place.
0: You can see how he almost gets there by realising there is a, quote, different set of circumstances. But germ theory dogma remains strong, and he holds on to the powerful pathogen paradigm as the definitive explanation. The mere presence of microbes is confused with what causes disease. It was also interesting to see that they raised another paradox with the mainstream theories. How did something that killed so quickly manage to spread with such rapidity across Europe? On their own terms, it should have just burnt itself out after killing small pockets of people naturally the false mainstream plague narratives are no surprise to those who are aware that germ theory is a misnomer, and it should be called the refuted germ hypothesis contagion is supposed to be the transmission of disease via microbes and yet this has been falsified many times from the rosinow experiments in 1918 that failed to transmit one case of spanish flu through to the failures to show aids was a contagious condition in humans in the modern era We've also produced videos on many more of the quote highly infectious diseases such as chickenpox, gonorrhea and meningitis, exposing the fact that contagion does not happen. The establishment has built a repository of fairy tales to sustain the germ theory deception and its many beneficiaries. The Black Death has been one of the scariest stories and its secrets have been kept in the back section of the library. Hopefully you can appreciate that an examination of the scientific evidence ends the deadly contagion ideology once and for all. If mass deaths did take place in the 1300s, it was not because of germs. It is also foolish to claim they all suffered the same specific disease. As Dawn Lester and David Parker concluded, there may have been an environmental catastrophe or mass malnourishment through famines resulting in many deaths. Sometimes you will see claims that our ancestors didn't know about germ theory, so they were clueless rubes that brought disease upon themselves. We can see who is clueless in the current era, with the irrational belief in germs and contagion, leading to compliance with all manner of destructive practices and unnecessary pharmaceuticals on a world scale. Living in fear of microbes is nonsensical. They are on us and in us and all around us. They do not have the capacity to attack us. Instead the underlying tissue or terrain is compromised and they proliferate to break down the dying tissue. They are essential to our very survival and part of the symphony of life. You can check out our other work to see why this is so. If you enjoyed this video please visit supportdrsam.com